Beautiful song here, Oh, God. Are you yeah. getting fucking pumped? Oh, every time I hear this song, guys. This are hard. I thought, you know? I mean, this it, are it depends on the alone moment. Alone by heart. You, you gotta go, you gotta have your, I think everybody in this league has to have their 80s power ballad, like, We talked about this to. in the league chat, yeah. I think we did. This is, well... You gotta make up your mind. Is it is yours Death Leopard or is it Heart? You yeah. said this is yours. That's why we're playing it. This is our intro, guys. We gotta love love us some Death Leopard. Love bites. Good morning, y'all. Wait, we sound like a couple of hicks there. <laughs> Good morning, we're de- y'all. We're definitely done. How y'all doing? <laughs> Ready to talk about baseball? Ready to talk about baseball? Let's do it. How about them Los Angeles Dodgers? Are you serious? Like, with the Dodgers this year? And, like, they don't even, like, resemble the Dodgers in the last five years. Have you noticed that? No, they don't. It's weird. It's so weird. You just, you're just like trying to figure out like where did all that money go? Like what is going on? But they're, but they're, they're going, going good right now. You the bullpen's think going good. They are. They're hitting good. So what? What's their? They're actually. I almost feel like the. Not the the air. The hot air has been taken out, and it's like okay, let's. Let's win or 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 not. Like so, the thing I see different with the Dodgers, the pressure like, is less a little to, bit. Yeah, the pressure is just to get Kershaw healthy and just kind of that's it. What what it's else a, is the? I think they've done this enough years in a row, now, and they Dave have Roberts, such a big payroll that they know that let's just stay afloat, get to the postseason. That's right. That one matter. Yes. Kind of like well, how many in times have fantasy they done this? baseball? Yes. There's some teams in here that I feel like could be doing better, but it's all about making the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so like, who do you see? Good morning to everybody, by the way. Good morning, fantasy hope, baseballers. Good hope morning. you enjoyed our Def Leppard intro there. That fantasy is Premier Leaguers. Song. Yes. Oh, God. I don't know how the fuck we do this at 6.47 in the morning on the Saturdays. But, God, I still get amped up when I wake up at 5.30. I, I know I know we're doing a show. And it's like, oh, man. I kind of just have to. It's kind of like you just described. I just have to focus on waking up and getting here. Yes. And then I am excited. But what? <laughs> it's sure, uh, man. I just <laughs> pretend I'm going to work. Get yeah. ready, go to the hospital. Get Get the... This, get this get showered and get it get here. So, um, we were talking about before the show started. Just like uh, we we can pretty much ditch pretender first contenders at this point because guys, it is August. Oh man, we have this weekend and four more weeks left fantasy baseball to play before the playoffs start, and it is just unfolding right before our eyes. So exciting. You know, the trade deadline, we might have to touch on that. Trade deadline is this coming. Well, the thing says August 10th, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's August when, 9th. It's, it's my 40th birthday and four days before your 40th birthday. And, and I believe Jake has stated that he is going to bed at 10 p.m. that night. So yeah, you need so to get your trades in before The trade deadline nights. is before Jake that goes gonna to bed. That was going to be my night. question before everyone started talking about it. So one of them has to stay up until 11.59. But I guess it sounds like 9.59 is the, is the deadline. Yeah. All right. But uh, don't be afraid to text Jake in the middle of the night if something happens. You, do you see any, uh, you're first seeing any big trades coming out? Because I got to tell you, I may have a move up my sleeve or two. I think we always know that I've got, you know, the thought going. But I mean, uh, let's just, let's just, sure. let's just state the obvious here, okay? Like, we got, we got George who, I mean, I've sent George tons of trade offers, okay? I'm just going to be, uh, he said on the show, one or two, one of prospects. But he's on the fence. He's he's not, and I, you know, I do. I think there's a chance of him making the playoffs. No, but 
he's not ready to he's a proud owner in this league and he's a proud owner of uh Mookie Betts and Aaron Judge and he should be uh you know he assembled a good roster this year but uh I just don't think he's ready um but uh he's got a few days to to figure out what to do here and uh he's got a couple guys uh you know he's got Creamer He's got UC Kikuchi. Creamer, he said, is a potential keeper. So is he going to be trading Dean Creamer? Probably not. Um, UC Kikuchi's going good right I, I now. Don't, I don't see Dean Kramer as a potential keeper. I see Dean Kramer netting him like a solid mid-round draft well, pick. Well, um, that would probably be the thing to do. Um, like, I'm looking at his roster right now, okay? And keep, in my... Humble opinion. Uh, there's not a lot of untouchables. You know, I think keeper-wise, obviously, Mookie Betts and Aaron Judge are his big tickets on a one-year contract. Uh, but he needs some offensive keepers. Yeah, yeah. He could he use really some keepers. Um, I've tried to offer him some some borderline keepers. I think it's mostly been draft picks that I've been throwing his way. But um, I think yeah. he could probably... Kodai be- Senga. Well, I think Kota Singer should probably be a keeper. Yeah, he's a keeper. I think Noel, Aaron Nola, yep. Kota Singer, Alexa Diaz uh, would be a good uh, Sonny Gray up there. And Sonny Gray. I think for sure he, he if he's looking... Keep yeah, I mean, does he keep smart. Alexis Diaz as that part of next year? I pray he probably should. I mean, you know, we've seen in this league that... Um, just a year or two ago, the consensus was, and Luke had preached it. He was like, I will not keep a reliever. I will not keep a closer. It's changed. It's, I think it's changed. It's changed and for better or worse. I think it's just, and we talked about before, like the, just in baseball in general, how the reliever position has kind of morphed and like how um in and in fantasy baseball like you know a few years ago the 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 relievers that were throwing lots of innings with a very high strikeout rate whether they were in the eighth inning or the ninth inning those were the most valuable guys that that were you know like you know hater is an example but i mean he's like obviously he's like more of a closer he is the guy um but Depending on the team that he's on and the management, he could be coming out in the eighth inning to to face the best part of the lineup, and that's obviously part of the game now. But like now, it's so there are still some of those guys. But um, there's how many lockdown closers are there in baseball? And if you you want to have, you would like to have one of them on your fantasy team, and it's kind of a luxury to do that. Well, you see, that, you that's can. where it gets interesting because, you know, you bring up a good point. In baseball, you know, the league, the, first of all, league-specific to our league, um, people more often now are keeping closers because they are so fewer and farther between as far as the, secure. the distinguished secure closer. Exactly. So, like, uh, you're... Emmanuel Classes, Josh Haters, you know, Edwin Diaz before he got hurt. So those two, first two names and Jordan Romano, all one-year players right now in this league, all will be surrendered into next year's draft. That's, I mean, and I, that tells you, I think, in a way, how valuable they are. Well, that they were, they like, were three teams, one of their best two players going into this year, or top-ranked uh, players in Yahoo!, but that yeah, and that's a good point too. I think when people look at you're most likely like you're gonna be secure in five to six keepers, but we keep eight, right? So oftentimes when you're finding that balance, you know, you're like, I'm gonna keep a closer because I'm unsure on like these other three guys. At least I know this guy is going to probably at least net me twenty saves. Mm-hmm. Sadly enough, that's what it's come down to. 20 saves back in the day used to be the Oakland Athletics. Well, the Oakland Athletics back in the day used to be better. It was that shitty team's closer that was going to get sold at the deadline was a 20 save guy. Now that guy's like a 10 save guy. But yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Now well, it's like he's you know, part of a... Jay, 
we didn't play Def Leppard's Love Bite to sit here and talk about relievers all morning. All right, right? fair enough. So let's let's take a look at some of these other uh, teams. And all right, pieces. so to go back to what we were talking yeah. about, okay? There's George. We talked about some of his pieces. There's Joel, who's made a lot of trades. There's Pokes, who's made a lot of trades. He's still got, you know, who's Joel going to keep? Who's he going to keep going into next year? Volpe, however the hell you say his name. Uh, Santander. Can can I stop you right there? I'm sorry. I got to address this on there, man. So, like, some of this shit... People don't understand with with some managers. He, I'm gonna go on record and defend Joel, and I'm not defending Joel. If you're listening, I'm not defending you because I believe that you're just asking for some primo price for some stuff that shouldn't be. But kudos to you because you you're doing whatever the fuck you want to do with your pieces and. I got to be honest, I'll always be sending trades your way and I might get laughed at or I might get a counter offer. I never know. And that's it's the true. thing. Some people are easier to trade with in this league than others. But you should always, I'm sorry, again, going on the record, with the exception of Funked Up because it seems like I can never get his attention. Hey, Funked Up was very timely with his... Um, Rejection of my latest offer to him, and I have to say thank you, Funked Up, for your timeliness. That did help me to make some of these pre-deadline decisions. So I I do appreciate that. So he must be paying attention. Was that your trash Polanco that you're offering to everybody? He is not trash, dude. You just dropped his ass. Well, that's because I have two better second base. I just happen to have two better ones. That does not mean that he's trash. Ooh, okay. He just homered. I'm about to pick him right back up. Jay. I might do it before Jay. anybody listens to this. Jay. Who is the more worthy trash piece? Jorge Blanco or Benny Pasquantino? Because apparently. Gonna, who's going to play? Who's healthy and going to play? Polanco's healthy and going to play. Right, exactly. But so who's the long term keeper value for these teams well, who are I'm out of it? I'm not talking about keepers. Need to be I'm trying to keepers. win. Who's born, who's the better keeper, Pasquantino or Polanco? Okay, fair enough. This league's right. seen what Polanco can do. But some of these guys come. literally need a second baseman yeah. like right now. But so these guys that literally need a second baseman right now obviously okay. probably aren't in the um <laughs> I was not asking for very much for Jorge Polanco, first of all. Second of all, what so the only problem with Polanco right now is the only question from the scouting perspective is are the legs there? Is he what what there's nothing else I, wrong I've with never him? You Polanco's uh, a stolen base right now. Not that not the game's changed. Stolen bases, but just can he can he keep his legs under him and just hit the ball hard and you know hit some more homers? Like what what else is wrong with him? His team has everything in the world to play for right now. He's He's gonna. He just moved up in the lineup with this. You know, you Homer, boom, you get moved up in that Jay, lineup. Jay, just just put your finger on the add button and add Jorge Blanco and no, turn around. You know what? And I would try and get late round draft capital need, for me. I need uh, bullpen pieces. <laughs> so I wish I could do that, but he's re- he's a free agent right now as we speak, guys. God yes. dang it. All right. right, so anyways. It's okay. Hey, so we're all here, guilty of this. Going back to what I was saying, I was, I was going on record and defending Puck because, Joe, look, you, you got to know, you, you've, got, you've developed a reputation here in the league as being um, very hard to be reasonable with as far as striking deals. Now, I'm defending you because you're holding out and getting whatever the fuck you want to get in a deal. Um and if you want to negotiate, you'll negotiate. But if you don't want to negotiate, you're like, no. So that's all I'm saying. Uh, the, again, there are some managers in this league that are harder than others to strike a deal with. Um, but I, I know some people, I've developed a reputation of 
you know, a male them over the years. But you, you, right? everybody, everybody always knows, you know, one way or the other, you can always approach me with the trade. Yeah. At the very least, you will get a very timely response and uh, whether I'm interested or not. Hey, Joel and I have made some great deals over the years. We've made a couple this year. And uh, Joel, yeah, wants what he wants. And uh, I respect that too. And so and he, he, right now he's got a couple things that I would like. And, uh, you know, I've got some things that, that he might like. Did but, you see my recent trade with him this past week? I, I, what did you do, Jason? Just kind of, just kind what of did you that. do? Well, I got Jaron Duran. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I think we should play a little Duran Duran now. Because Next time. Yeah. That can be yeah, our intro. I, I love that. I'm I was, all for that. I was um, not surprised. I knew that he was tradable. But I know there's some other teams in the league, namely Jake, who was going after Duran. But I had been going after him for a while too. And I'm just the the actual deal that kind of came to fruition. He got a little bit of draft, but it wasn't much of a draft. It was basically a one for one with Chris Bassett for well, Jaron Duran. And I know Chris Bassett is very worthwhile in this league, sure. you know. But like, God. I mean, honestly, I'm hoping he takes off because he's been on a tear. But do you think Joe made a mistake in trading Sharon Duran um, and not keeping him? Because he looks like one of those players, kind of like Josh Loaded in the beginning of the year, where he could be on the cusp of a breakout and being a star. I the totally Red Sox agree with you. Um, I think that he, it would behoove some of us in this league to have um, you know, that young of talent too. I mean, it's like, you do have to kind of get some of these guys young, but he's got Anthony, um, at shortstop. Okay. And he's got a lot of, it goes back to my point that I was getting to earlier is that he's got a lot of, uh, keepable talent right now, um, on his roster. I mean, I don't know how you feel about Tyler O'Neill, but he's, Apparently, back to being pretty healthy. Feel about and he's Tyler hitting homers. He's like that and... doorknob where everybody's had his turn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> love bites, man. That's all I can love say about bite. that. But he's, you know, he's apparently his back is better, is right, and he's back to hitting homers. I think that's a really good sign. Um, unfortunately, the Cardinals, you know, um, are not doing real well right now, but. Um, you know, so I don't know down the stretch, you know, can Tyler O'Neill be there for someone, you know, but I mean, I don't know that he's going to trade Tyler O'Neill. I don't know if he's going to trade any other of these uh, keepable guys. Uh, there's Miles Michaelis, uh, you know, I yeah, made him he, some offers from Michaelis. He picked Joel, him up off the waivers. I know this is goes back to what we were saying. Joel, just trade me Miles Michaelis and don't make me pay too much. Um, okay, and then you've got Molina yeah. Cantina. Oh, Molina yeah. Cantina. Yeah, welcome to the, what, to the Mike. league. Molina, good job. Welcome to the league, Mike. Yeah. Um, we he, are, he's already been a guest on our podcast. Yeah. Little did we know that just days <laughs> later, he would be the new, uh, a new manager in this league. Um, it kind of not... It's like it shouldn't have caught me by surprise, but it. Um, well, the the team that he took over caught me. Well, well I wouldn't you know, say I was surprised, but no, but just in the moment, I would. And who knew? I mean, and and uh, George alluded to the fact that you know maybe Mike was on the wait list. Maybe we didn't even know that, but you know, um, Cajun. Um, we love Cajun. Cajun. Um, I don't love Cajun. He had a... Cajun was all right. Well... He, I didn't have he, anything against him. No, I'm just saying, like, he... So, he's took a hiatus before. He's probably just got... I think he's just got a lot going on, and he just doesn't... He, he had other priorities. Yeah, and, that's, okay. and there's nothing wrong with that. So, oh. um, all love to Cajun. Uh, Godspeed. Good luck to you, whatever you're doing down there in the bayou. And... Um, Did we say that right? Dude, who sure the said the bayou, right? It's the bayou. Is it really? The gators down there. Not, not the bayou or the Dude, bayou. I, or... I don't know, Jason. <laughs> I'm from the flatland. <laughs> I'm, I grew up up here. So, you well, know, I and do. Cajun had a good 
team we all thought I just a want to be pretty good team going correct. this year. I think that you, you know, felt like he was a contender. But, Jay, this is important. I, I feel like the most important part of this podcast that we get this right. How do we pronounce Bayou? Bayou. You just said it. Is it? Yeah. Is it Bayou or is it Bayou? Or is it's it the Bayou. Bayou. It's the Bayou, y'all. Brian Bayou? I don't want to hear that name. Oh. I don't want to hear that name. Should I get so would you say? Yeah. I think, if I remember right to some of our I drafted him. Art. I drafted him, if you don't remember. And I watched him, you know, I watched his first few starts once he got healthy. And um, he knew there was a potential there. It just, like, I was, I mean, oh, my God. Like, you know, he's he's a whatever, what what is he throwing? Sinkers, he throws down in the zone. He could not, you know, I mean, he was just getting hit all around. I mean, it was ugly at first. And so, so I just had to move on. I, I could not wait. It's what you saw was the evolution of a pitcher who I, I still think we're seeing him evolve. Again, I've gone oh, to this in the podcast countless times. Listen to Nick Pollock and Pitcher List. They analyze pitchers from a fantasy perspective better than any Okay, was other that a sinker that I was seeing? Yes. He's a sinker. And is it 99? I think it's a, is it sinkers down in the zone and change-ups, right? Yes. I believe. Okay. I think so. so. That's not sexy because where's your four-seamer up in the zone that's touching high 90s? With that slider, obviously. That's the pitch of bone. Look, the blueprint in fantasy was what Blake Snell does when Blake Snell's off. It's four seamers up in the zone with slide, with breakers down low getting the widths, right? So, like, and then it helps if you have what's called a strike pitch. You know, that third pitch where you're not necessarily using it to get players out or to get um, widths, but you just... Like, if you need a called strike every now and then, you're using it to paint the zone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but guys like Brian Bayo um, have developed a reputation of being what they call in the fantasy world of Tobies. Now, I think he's still too young to be labeled as Toby, but basically it's that player who they're more rosterable in deep league than shallow league. However, they are and usually innings workhorses but you and with decent ratios, uh, lower than desirable strikeout numbers, and they're just basically your more more your control pitchers. I mean, they're so valuable in our league. Oh, I got no problem with and that. Now it basically fixed the ratio. It's, it's I mean. basically Marcus Stroman and Chris Bassett. Sure, but Marcus Stroman's not been pitching all lately. But I yeah, think well, he's going to come. Didn't down. he just anyway. go down? No, I'm I, I, happy. Uh, middle of the state, you know they're doing is this. this just a, I think it's a fan of my own. Just a rest. I think though. Yeah. Well, he's well, in his hip. Be... His mechanics have been off a, because a of his Carlos hip. Road. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so you know, there's any truth I mean, to that, oh which I God. do believe. Remember the White Sox last year and Carlos Rodon, like not. Yeah. Or this was last year, right? Where they I, were I way out in front, and he kept. You know, they kept putting him. With, they kept putting him down and saying oh, his shoulders inflamed or whatever, and he just like didn't pitch for like six weeks because they were they wanted to try it right. Well, because they won the they had the division in hand as well, and you know it was like we just need to like be healthy um, when the playoffs come, but. That doesn't always work out, you know. It's no. you, you've got to be going see, good, but I would be more concerned with these phantom IL stints if you're talking about a high velocity, high gas type of pitcher. Then you're it's like Jacob Degrom. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know yeah. <laughs> that. Then you're concerned about their arm falling off. Falling off, yeah. But when you're talking about pitchers like Stroman, and this is just one pitcher, for example, I'm using is. They they do they have more tricks up their sleeve. They have like a whole. It's like it's like that Swiss Army knife, right? They have the whole uh, arsenal to pull from. So I, you know, th- sometimes with pitchers like that, it is a mechanics thing, and if they get a, a 
a quote unquote phantom IL stent to take care of that, then you know they could be looking at you know a couple of tweaks to their mechanics and be looking like better. Oh man, speaking of ninety nine mile an hour sinkers, I watched uh, I watched the Dodgers Padres game last night. Bobby Miller, yeah, throwing gas. He got pulled in the fourth inning, though. He didn't make it through four innings. Dave Roberts, classic Dave Roberts, pulls him, and then Joe Kelly comes in and, and gives up the run setter on base. Good job. He's really good at that. Oh, man, he's really good at that. So, um, so anyways, back to Molina Cantina. Mike, welcome to the league. Here's what's going on. You can keep eight guys going, and I'm sure you. this has all been explained to you, but you can keep eight guys going into next year. You have to keep at least three hitters and three pitchers. So you could keep five hitters and three pitchers or five pitchers and three hitters. But am I right in saying that Goldschmidt and Arenado are the two guys that he will be surrendering to the 2024 draft? Yes. Those those are the guys that you cannot keep. Yes. So who are his other eight keepers right now? Well, before we go on to the other eight keepers. Who could he maybe trade in the next few days? Like he should like in your opinion, right? Oh, trade should he trade those guys? Well, he should where he's at. look at trading Goldschmidt and Arenado, he's not winning or game. someone that he's not going to keep. Um, you know, is so CJ there's Abrams no value is, in not trading them because he's right. not winning yes. this year, right? That's he right. Can't keep them. Yes. So, so like the question is, do you trade Goldschmidt and Arenado for straight draft capital? Which I'm not. Again, Molina, I know we've had conversations. You'll st- you're still learning the ways of the league and everything and how the keepers and the draft picks work. Like, there's a couple different ways you go about this. You can you can trade with the intention of getting high draft capital back from those guys, but you probably could. Or you can trade for getting players who like better that are capable for next year. Um, or you can swing a trade that has both. It's a little bit different. Uh, population in next year's first two rounds. So last year, oh man, or I'm sorry, I this will... year's draft was loaded with young talent, <sighs> top level talent. You had, you know, I mean, do I have to name them all off? Oh, Jay, I um, think you just came up with something. Let's finish this with Molina, but you just gave me a thought. We should relook over like that first round this year and let's. Yeah, bust I mean we we sh- yeah yeah yeah. Well, you know, uh, I ended up giving up a first round draft in next year's draft for Julio Urias, and uh, whew, man, I'm just I'm glad to see him um, having <laughs> some good outings now. Finally, Jesus. But anyways, um, so so yeah, so Mike. Um, you could trade Goldschmidt and Arenado. Yeah, you could trade them for draft capital. You could trade them for a keepable player. Um, as far as draft capital, you know, I think a pick in next year's draft is worth a commiserate player, right? It's pretty much, I would say, worth like, you know, if let's say he was going to trade Wade Miley before the draft deadline, right? Maybe somebody would, maybe somebody like Pack. Like my team or, you know, Jason's got a full stable of pitchers right now. So I don't know if he needs Wade Miley, but, you know, you could maybe get a late round pick out of Wade Miley. Where would Wade Miley go in the in the draft? That's what round pick you could ask for for next year or someone like that. He could help somebody right now. Um, and then Goldschmidt and Arenado. I mean, oh, my God. Can you imagine if somebody so, right now could use those the, two let's guys? Let's give an example. A guy in your league who you're contending with, Jay, in that country, just lost Josh Naylor to the IL. Oh, God. And he could use a first baseman such as Paul Goldschmidt. We can't talk about this right now. And, you know, (sighs) Molina, you could probably get a decent draft pick, possibly a two, and a player for Goldschmidt, you know, depending on if backcountry... You know, see, backcountry has everybody fooled. Is he is he is he uh, playing right. the win or is he exactly. playing to stock the stock the captain for next year? Right. I will tell you, he's picks. playing to win. He is he's playing always, to win. He's always he's riding the line, the man. Win in his own way. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's always he, his he, trades. They always they've always got both he elements. He keeps they, his cabinet always, stock for yeah. next year, but he's still playing to win. So I think he'll be open to a yeah. goldsmith trade if those the right thing. Whether it's the players that he's getting in those trades with the draft picks or however he does it, you're right. He always keeps the cabinet stock. So stock what if first players? Like let's look at this. I'm Molina, and I'm looking at backcountry to try to offload gold. Backcountry has two first round picks. Yeah, two I don't think I'm picks. getting one of those just yeah. simply because of Goldsmith's a rental and backcountry already traded. Right. You can have them now, My or you can have one of those back guys to me, so I'm back three more years, right? Um, or forever, maybe even. I do see a scenario where backcountry gives up a two. All right, we're giving out too much play. information here. Oh, Let's are move we really? on. Are you sure? Um, <laughs> like, you I'm really want to move on? No, gonna, you know. I'm going to be I mean, great Chuck, like, Chuck has obviously, you know, probably been over all of this. What but I did. think he knows that I am clearly better, and it's time to just hang it up, you know? What if we did gold chip? No, he's still in it. We play again in two weeks, you know? I got to play... I gotta play um, Chuck again in in two weeks. So, oh, dude, what if he asked for a large new bar and a two for Goldschmidt? That's a workable trade, right? Well, I mean that goes back to he what are new we, bar he, would be a keepable player. He's a player on the rise. Not yet. Who's gonna slot back in that spot for for bad country? Oh. It's- Fill it in, you know, just one of those trout. <laughs> when oh, trout, yeah, yeah, when trout comes back, which he go. is coming back. I mean, that actually works. There you go. That's a win win for both teams. Backcountry gets Goldschmidt, doesn't give up one of his two ones, still competes for this year, and Mike Trout just fills Newt Bars void when he comes back. And Molina gets a high draft pick and a keeper. Next year for for Goldsmith. So there you go. So, Mike, we've tried <laughs> to help you out a little bit here, okay? But we got to move on because this is just getting too okay. sensitive. Right, and really right. beyond that in the league, guys, you got you got Kick and Dirt who he, he's not. Oh, he's you want me to totally come up with a trade for Kick and Dirt? No, too? I don't. Why not? Just hold on a second. All right. Okay? Just, just. The the point is is that all of those guys are out of it, and um, is Derek out of it? No, he's not. He's very much in it. And 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 what's going on in Derek's matchup right now? He's one. He is beating Isotopes ten to three. So is there going to be a flip flop right right now? Uh, uh, in that he's division, he's a bigger win to flip flop. Plays with ice tub, but he'll be yeah, single right. digits. Be he'll be close. single digit game back with still each one of you to play one more time. Yeah, and he would have to win Kick like fourteen plays, to two. Plays pokes next week, and then the week after that, he plays isotopes again. Yeah. So, like you said, yeah. with, with the schedule, with Luke making the oh, schedule, man. so you know I'm play, I'm getting ready that to play back, back the division again league? in a week and a half, and he's playing. Are you? You should, Jay. You should be sweating right now with with kicking dirt's team and I mean the schedule he's got remaining. It's just kind of do or die, man. It's just there's no point in me even sweating anymore. It's like this is the team I have. I don't even know if I'm going to get any more pitching help before the deadline. It's just you just go into it. You uh, okay? I'm going to try to win, and you know I'll I'll figure out figure out everything as I go along. There, I mean, my bullpen's kind of I don't know. Romano's down. You know, you got to find those holds guys who are getting the holds currently. And you know, that's just something. It's a continuous thing. You just have to. Hey, Jay. We got like maybe ten minutes left in the show. Let's let's uh, wrap this up by relooking at the first round of this past year's draft. All sixteen picks, and we can say hit, miss, neutral. We'll both chime in. All right. What do you think? I think we can do this rapid fire. 
I'm looking. <clears throat> All right. First round. First pick. Redbird selected Ronald Acuna Jr. Okay, that's obviously a hit. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. No qualms no about that, question. right? No question about that. All right. Cool. Moving on. Hitman selected Trey Turner with number two. I'm, I'm going to go neutral on that one. I It's not a but. No, he's not. He's in the first year of a naked contract, and you know, right. usually these things work themselves out. But they're being overpaid. Maybe they're on the end of their um, high trajectory as far as upside goes. Um, I think he'll probably have a better year next year. But yeah, he's not had a bad year. It's just been an off year by his standard. Yeah, I definitely don't think Hitman get. I, I don't think Hitman would have taken him number two had he first seen the season he was going to have, but you can't be upset with that. No, and you just have to – you can't um, overreact to that. I'm, I, I agree. I'm neutral on that. Um, I think that, you know, it's – you look at – I looked at, you know, Hitman's roster all year, and you're like, okay, he's got Trey – you know, there's Trey Turner in the utility spot. Is there anything wrong with that? No. I mean, he's, you know, you're talking about a top shelf talent, right? It's like, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but then you're like, okay, you've got the difference between Trey Turner, you know, who's like 5'8, 180, mm-hmm. and, you know, let's say you had Aaron Judge in your utility spot, right? It's like, you, yeah. it's literally like David and Goliath. Right, but you know, the there you can't argue with the when the homers are there and the, no, and the statistics I, I are there. Get where you're going. But like, it, he could have swung a trade early in the year. Well, and he I has just don't Francisco think he... Lindor, who's not keepable, exactly. right? Exactly going into next year. So, so should he traded one of those I, guys I, I, along well, the he way? He still could. He still could. If, but, if he but, but Lindor is doing seller, really well now, he could probably get a a draft a sure. decent draft pick. But for Lindor, maybe kind of in a. He's been doing that year in a year. But he's out. not out of it and so No he's not, but why in, change anything right now? Well he's in the Funkhauser division. That's the other thing. You All can right. hope for big weeks out of both of those guys because yeah. Lindor's been doing good again, you know? Good luck to you, Hitman. Yeah, I wish him the best of luck. So pick three was Juan Soto taking about the stitches. I think that's a hit. I mean, what do you think? I'd say it's a hit. I I think you have to think about. It's kind of like Manny Machado for me. It's like, okay, this is a staple on your team. Is there anything to feel bad about there? No, not at all. Like you're good with Juan Soto. Like just keep him in that position. Just you don't have to think about it. Yeah, exactly. Just, that's what it should be, right? Yeah. At the very least, right? It's like you're hoping for Ronald Acuna stats, but if you just get well, I don't think and so. And Soto's like, never been like a speed demon. No, no, I think we not were the hoping speed, for a higher but I'm just average. saying, right? I'm just he saying, he still might first come back round and give it to you. I, I think level. He's, yeah, he's definitely not disappointing. I think the the caveat with all these is looking further down. Who did you pass up on? For example, right. The next one is Kyle Tucker at four. Right. I think that's that's a major hit. Yeah, and the first couple of months it was looking like it was a neutral, and then he just went on. Kyle Tucker is more the true top five fantasy type player. And any of those guys that we just mentioned could have had Kyle Tucker. And what's Kyle Tucker ranked in fantasy right now? Six. Yeah. And it's all been in the last, like, month. I mean, not all of it, but he's really been on fire. I feel like, you know, Trey Turner could basically do the same thing in in a playoff push, right? Um, okay. So, then we come to you. I keep thinking I'm torturing you with this, but you keep a steady face every time I bring it up. You chose Vlad Jr. at five. While he got the world of potential still. Well, let, let's label this as is before I go on here. But, like, I still think it's... You, is it a hit or is it a neutral pick for you? Um, I, I I think it's a hit I because would call he's it a keepable player. And he's that, been very consistent. I haven't had to think about it at all. 
He's yeah. just there, and you don't have to worry about it. At for, the, the stats weren't there the first four weeks. I'm waiting for, right? I was waiting for something yeah. to happen, and it happened. He's been great. He's been very consistent. He's providing exactly what you would want him to. So it's a hit. Did I have to pass up on Manny or Manny Machado on uh, Shohei Otani to to just kind of? I mean, again, I went with my concerns. There were age and durability. Okay, I had to go with the twenty-four-year-old Vlad. I I felt like Shohei being a two-way player was not for me. It was hurting his value as a hitter. I'm like, he has to be healthy as a hitter. And a pitcher, and that was just very scary to me, and I, I had to downgrade. But him he's of that. been day to day a lot because of his pitching. But even exactly. then, he just remained steady. He hitting even and look, when he had an elbow injury from yes. pitching, he was able to hit. Yeah, but and that's great. But long term, I, I don't like. I think you the, overlook his, one factor. He's going to break the fucking bank in free agency. <laughs> I'm I I can't. I cannot five hundred million dollars. Yes, it's going to take five hundred million dollars. I think he's getting more. But here's the thing: baseball's never seen a free agent like him. And I'm not going to go off on an Otani tangent because we all know the hitter Otani is on my team, and I feel like I I made a big hit with that pick. What I'm saying is, I I think you misjudge how. Players treat their bodies and themselves in a contract year. Okay, fair enough. He was enough. going into a contract year, and yes, I get your age and durability concerns with the fact that, oh, if he's pitching, he has an injury, does that affect him as a hitter? If, you know, I can't have him as both a hitter and a pitcher, so I don't really care what he is as a pitcher as long as he doesn't get hurt right. because I have the hitter version yes. of him, which is the one you want if yeah. you have to choose yeah. between the two. But he's... He's on – what did I tell you before the season started? I could not pass up on him because you're looking at – I said, Jay, if anybody gets 50 bobs and 20 steals, it's him. And you're absolutely right. He's he's at 40 and 15 last I checked with almost two full months left to play. But thankfully, you know, Vlad, who's ranked 66 in fantasy right now, has – not it has not been painful to have missed out on that even okay. though like sure would i love to have that yeah absolutely but i you know it, it's made it uh it's made me i've been able to live with that decision okay okay i haven't stayed up any sleepless nights because of that so obviously shohei otani was a hit obviously he was the obvious choice right there there was nobody else that you were gonna take over him Unless you were just I, head I, over I, heels for you needed to have Garrett Cole back on your rut. Well, I considered Machado. Sure. But that was, you know, before I got really into looking at Otani's, like, he had a little bit of a down year for himself last year. And I was looking at everything. I had some of the same concerns about Otani as you did going into the year. And that's why I was like, ooh, that safety security blanket of that rare third baseman. Because third baseman is a void past a certain point, I was like, yeah. I, I, I swear that for the November and December last year for my draft plans, I was looking at Machado, but it really started to turn when I thought about Otani and the contract year and what that could mean for, you know, his status as a free agent and blah, blah, blah. Too bad the just, Angels are freaking blowing it right I now. I still think they could pull an Angels in the outfield. I still... Well, they could, I'm but... I'm still holding just, out hope. Hey, they just gave up two to the Mariners. Like, it's just, you know, and, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I know. You know, I and know. it's like, who's closing out the games? We're all who's supposed to shut happen. the door? I'm, I, I'm just excited. It's just exciting division. It, it is just exciting. I just, I can't wait to see some more of these games. Um, it, I think they're probably playing Seattle again tonight. I, I would love to and watch tomorrow. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but going on with Seattle. this, Machado, that was a hit at seven. You know, steady. Yeah, right? well, I had to wait a couple months to get some stats out of him. And it was literally to the point where um, Would you I had to consider benching him a couple of times. Just to, I, I, I had to get some stats. So maybe it's neutral? Well, 
Yeah. Um, so he's pretty much made up for that in the last month or so. Yeah. He's been good. Yeah. So, and I was very patient. I was like, I'm not good. You know, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I considered trading him several times. Well, it's I mean, kind of like Bo Bichette last year. He had a horrible first five months. And then he he had one of the hottest Septembers yeah. in recent memory. And his overall stat looked just like the way he was projected to be. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I don't know. It's neutral or it's a hit. Again, like you said, it fills a very valuable position with a with a top shelf guy and not everybody can say that, I guess. So Garrett Cole was taken eighth by the former league manager Cajun. I I think that's that's a hit. He's not had a down year by his standard. You know, I and think he's on the end of his upside curve. Basically, you get what you get. But you know, pitchers like him that are workhorses, they tend to last longer. He can pitch well yeah. into his late thirties and early forties, kind of sure. like Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer have. Yeah, he could, and I think you know, but he's younger than those guys, so I still I see the value at eight. And I, I, uh, he's sitting on so so Mike now has um, he's got Garrett Cole, Zach Gallon. And you Darvish on top of that rotation. Yeah. The thirty six year old. Yeah. But still U Darvish. That's three It's not the U Darvish of old, but but I, really no, but, Darvish has those years weird. He he's yeah, another pitcher that he can pitch in his early forties. Yeah, and Bird, still be Bird a very and I talked pitcher. about this too, that it's not really um you know, obviously he's not gonna have he's not gonna be overpowering maybe like he could have been in the past, but he's never really been it's not really I been think about he's the perfect fantasy ace for a bad fantasy team, but if you're a good fantasy team, he, he needs you're to be a, you're three or fine so. with him being your number two though. Yeah, two, three. Two, three, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, so uh moving right along. Boba Shet. Hit. Yeah, it's a hit. Um Okay. He is ranked 20 in fantasy right now. Um, I think that it's it's like you said. It was probably similar to uh, a Manny Machado. You might have to sit through a little bit of uh, a lull uh, and just kind of wait. But you just wait, and it, it's going to happen. Um, it, I mean, kicking dirt is the perfect example of that, right? He had to wait on Jordan Walker to arrive, too, and, and be a contributor. And mm-hmm. here we are. Uh, and he's fucking... Jay, do you want me to propose like some some deal where kicking dirt could get better for the stretch run here? No, I don't. No? I want to keep going down sure? this... I want to keep going down this list here. Okay. Alright. Alright. You know? Uh, because... Wow. Corbin Burns? Hey, d- Go again, ahead. I've said this eight million times, but... <laughs> I never sleep on kicking dirt. So, I, you know, it's I not... Told you. It wouldn't shock me... Um, he's never been a uh, deadline deal type of guy or a big trades type of guy, so I this don't. Be the year does it, and does he need to? Does he need to make a big move? I think you're hoping he doesn't. What is it going to be now? Now, you guys, just, I now think you Jay to, and I are going to have, to have some conversations just, off the air yeah. because I think Jay um, needs a little uh, therapeutic treatment for his I'm anxiety right now. A little insecure right now. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Corbin Burns. I, so Corbin Burns at 10. Uh, let's call that neutral. Like, I feel like he could have had a much better year than he did. He could have, but, but he, he same he thing. The first maybe thing. eight weeks, it was not looking good. And I was like, I was so happy that I did not draft him at first. I was like, thank God, because it just, you would have been counting on a lot from him. And you would have been disappointed, right? But now he's doing just fine. And so if I was owning him right now, I'd be feeling good now as long as I held on and didn't, you know, trade him or something, which, uh, you know, funked up. I don't think he was ever going to do that. So it's neutral, I guess. Okay. I'd call it a hit, to be honest with you, because, okay. um, yeah, like I said, your first you, just, you just don't want it to be a bust. Right. You know, so if they perform like 75 to 80% of what they're supposed to be, then... They're treading water, right? Yes. Okay. Fair enough. So to this point, we don't have any busts yet. Um, obviously, I would say Austin Riley at 11 for Imperial. Hit. 
Yeah, it's a hit, and I feel like it was like, I think uh, Jake, you know, it was awesome that he was able to get that, uh, to have that pick, you know, to, to make that pick where he did, like, whoa, right? That's like, oh, he dropped all the way to, what, 11 or something, you know? Yeah. Like, right, where yeah. he would, like, mm-hmm. you know, it worked out great for him. Big. And then he sort of had to, again, to, like, just be patient and wait and, oh, has the production come? You know, I think he was probably feeling maybe the same way about, like, oh, man, did, that I did about Manny Machado. Like, did I do the right thing here? Oh, yeah. It's a big, it's a major hit for him, and he can so, have that position got, filled next year as well. For people who listened to our podcast in the beginning, like we, especially the first one, we went in depth over our first round, and we said, "Look, the drop off happens at twelve. Those first eleven players went to chalk. Well, they for him, I think it was an easier order. choice than what what it was yeah, for me it at was. seven. So I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure he just, was just hoping for the best, but he, at the same time, like it was probably easier to go ahead and so just click. The drop off happens next. This first eleven pick, there was no bust because everybody saw, everybody saw that those top eleven were the top eleven. You just didn't know exactly the order. Mm-hmm. But here we are at 12 with Bird Law, the obvious glaring bust. And to be honest with you, I don't think anybody envied the 12th spot in the first round of this no. draft. Could he have done better? Sure. He took a roll of the dice. DeGrom doesn't go DeGrom and, you know, come up with more injuries. Then he probably wins on this, but... You know, I think he's gone on record. I don't think we need to harp on it too much. No. It's probably the biggest bust of the first round. At the time, I was surprised that he didn't take uh, Robert or Albies. And he said that he had been thinking Albies a lot before, yeah. but he did what he thought he needed to do. And I totally understand. I pro- I may have done the same thing, to be really honest. Like I, you know, like you said, nobody envied being in that spot. Um. Next, we have Aaron Nola going 13 to Paleskin. I think that's a hit because he, in my opinion, Paleskin has drafted Nola to be his SP1, and he's been his SP1, and he's going to be kept. Yeah. Um, he's had this was a another, down here from another yeah. ERA standpoint, but the, but the, uh, he's put it strikeout, together. The strikeout to inning pitch and the whip are still there, and you know. We've talked about this before. With pitchers, you're more concerned with a whip than yes. you are the ERA because the ERA is more team. Right. A strikeout pitcher is going to have probably a higher ERA. There's going to be strikeouts exactly. and there's going to be some big hits. Yeah. Those high fastballs. And we know I – th- I feel like Aaron Ola is comparable to Garrett Cole. I in mean, a way, yeah. He's, his home run to fly ball rate's a little higher than you would like, but that that's what he does. You know, he's a workhorse. You know, Aaron Ola is another example of like – uh, the stats were not there the first month or two, and now he's doing just fine. But, you know, this was a weird year with the pitch clock and everything. The pitching, st- I mean, f- number one, my pitching's been absolutely atrocious uh, in both of my leagues. So I am just, I almost just have to like, I don't even know if I can tell anyone anything about pitching anymore, okay? Because I've just... It's okay, Jay. I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll take... So- I'll hey, take well, the front on that. Exactly. You you did that for all of us this year and and you were you were a hundred percent spot on. And you it, again we were like it's literally like being it's feeling the pulse of fantasy baseball and it's being on the cusp of it, on the leading edge, and that's what you're doing. That's what you figured now. out. It's going to change every year. Right, it changes. You know, Again, change like, it goes back to the where I was talking about these high-powered relievers that it was like it was almost – it was the most important thing a few years ago that you had those guys like, I need these guys that are throwing 100 innings with an ERA less than one. Like that's what you needed. You, and it's it just like it was so valuable to keep those ratios down. And I've been trying to do that with starting pitchers, and I just – it hasn't worked yeah. out, you know. Wheeler's whip and, you know, Julio Urias' yeah. whip is, you know, not So I'm not glad you great, said that because, so. like, here we have three picks left to analyze for the end of the show. Um, Kyle Schwarber to funked up. I mean, 
You want to call that one a bust? I mean, I hate to say that. Everybody knows Schwarber's. Well, what's he looking at right now? What are his? Or what he's the number two ninety seven in fantasy. He is hitting. 98, oh, 98 over the last two weeks, 152 over the last month, 178 for the season, yeah, 27 that's, bombs. That's, you know, there's the we bombers. all know we he all could know. turn it on and have a monster September, Absolutely. but as of right now, he is a bust. You know, having been an owner contract. of Kyle Schwarber last year, um, and I, I, I'm so glad that. Uh, Funked up took him because I would have taken him at 15. How did he not die? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He saved you a little bit. He did. So, but having been an owner from the other side, I, and last year it was like uh, Kyle Schwarber was a first half player last year. He helped me get to the fantasy playoffs in in, uh, my other league last year. And it it was great. And then then I had to realize uh, around this time of the season, that it was like, I can't count on Kyle Schwarber. He's just got to be one of a number of guys that I can, you know, fill in or that can fill in or whatever. And that's like, I feel good about playing him if I had to. It's like, okay, so you're, you got to put him in the lineup today. Like, I can feel good about that. But I could not count on him day in and day out. And I think this season in general, it's like, I, I don't think you can count on the guy day in and day out. Yeah. Can you put him in there? Um, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, there's a few guys that you, it's like John Carlos Stanton, right? Like, can I, can I really count on him every day or is he just now right now he's, he's doing okay. You know, he's, yeah. he's better than Schwarber right now. I would say as far as putting him in your lineup. Basically, if you're pitching deficient, it makes it hard to roster a guy like that because right. He can't be. If he's not hitting and you're taking the L on the pitching side, I mean, you're in a world of hurt. So I get you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Moving along here, uh, 15, I took Julio Urias. Now, I'll say this is a bust. Not a bad bust because I I never – he never played for me. I flipped him for Bregman. And to be honest with you, like I am so happy I did that. Bregman has not been a world beater by any means. He's had some real lows this year, but, but he's been he's, no, he's been cons- solid for you. He's lately. a solid Man. hitter, and he has still like I don't I haven't looked at his numbers recently, but like I mean he's hit some grand slams. His RBI tools are way up there with the Nazareth lineup, whereas they should be, and I think he is who he is at this point. Yeah, and I I'm really happy I uh, I made that trade. But yeah, yeah you're and Urias like you said earlier, you're still happy to have him, mm-hmm. but he is definitely um, had a down year by his standards. So well, that pick is gonna go down as a bust for me. It, I can't argue with that. Um, it's really it's a lot of. You know, this guy, he's young, and you are looking for him to be a big part of your roster moving forward, right? I gave up a first-round pick for the guy. It's like I need him to be, you know, a big part of my rotation going forward. And he um, – it's been a little hard to watch. It's not – you're not sure what you're seeing out there, okay? He's got – what his delivery, like everything he does, like I, I love it. Like I'm a fan but this year it was like, you know, throw him in the uh, Alec Manoa kind of boat of like, what's going on here? Can this guy do this it, with the new pitch clock? Is it the pitch clock that is throwing him off? It, does he need to shed a few pounds? Does he need to get? Does he need to be more durable? He he did he come into the season in shape? Like, what's going on here? Like, I, you know, I'm sure you were asking. I you you didn't see enough of a sample maybe, to as an owner to be like oh my god like I really got to figure out what's going on here but I've been through it man, I'm just happy to see him out there on the field right now. Um, he got he got he had a great start this week. He pitched five innings and that was it. He was done. But he he did really well. You know, for like your five innings, six strikeouts, think, shutout. I think there's better days ahead for yeah, absolutely. Years. He's young I, enough. I'm feeling okay yeah. now. I've yeah. been through it. The last, I got to agree with you for this season. He's been a bust. Okay. He has not been worth a first round 
The last pick to analyze here is Stitches took Bogarts with 16. You know, Bogarts is definitely a keeper. Yeah. But I'm, st- I'm going to call this one a bust, too. Now, he ended up trading him to backcountry. I forget what what it was for. But a- anyways, um, he's definitely not had the season that you would hope from a first-rounder. Um, no. He's probably either. had a third-round level season, to be honest yeah. with you. So... So, like, probably took him a little high there, but there was multiple owners looking and taking him there. And you're at the end of the first, you're on the turn at the end of the first round. It's like, you're trying to make sure you take a safe pick. You just, at that point, you're trying to avoid the Jacob DeCamp pick. Yeah, I mean, at the time, I thought it was pretty brilliant, but based on what was available and everything, now looking back, you're like, I'm just neutral on it. Like, he's... Uh, Bogarts is starting to provide the average that you want to have from him in the last month. Um, but before the last month, he, you know, I mean, because now you're look, he's been 293 the last month and he's 268 on the season. So obviously there's been some ups and downs, you know, before that. And then, you know, you, you got it. You almost. You got to do honorable mention for all three of these guys right here. Okay, Lewis well, Strider. Uh, I'll, I'll give honorable mention. Okay, right before we wrap up this show, I'll, I'm taking a look at the second round too. With you, like, yeah. Okay, I think I'll, I'll just tell me if you disagree. I think Luis Robert, Ozzy Albies, Wander Franco. Uh, I'll even do Zach Wheeler, um, Blake Snell. Felix Bautista and Alex Verdugo. I think almost, we're all hit. You almost got to throw Glaber Torres in there. He's he's been good this year. Yeah, went back and forth with Glaber Torres and Ian Happ because Happ yeah, was doing yeah. better early he, in the he year, was. but he's kind of blown. He was doing great. I think everybody I think was looking at Ian Happ going. For, why did I not draft that guy? Yeah, well, I have him left field, right? I mean, yeah. Oh my god! But I mean, in the second round, I mean. There's some huge bust here. Like Ray, Robbie Ray, no one could have seen that coming. Yeah, Tommy John. Yeah. Um, Chris Bryant. Starling Marte has not oh, been man. Um, providing uh, much Tim for Anderson. the owners he's been in. Oh, God. <laughs> I think I we should probably wrap started. up here. I'm going to give you a headache today, Jay. Uh, hey, uh, guys, it's been real. I know it's been about a month, but the, these have been so enjoyable. It, it's been so fun to bring podcasting to our league this year. Um and you know we'll we'll do another couple I'm sure before the season ends but we need to get uh one of the managers on that we have not heard from yet we like got to get hear Chuck Chuck yes I, I got to hear from like Derek soon we get, we got to hear from Kick and oh, Derek soon right. maybe there, both of those this guys. is a warning for those of you listening I had the thought I think we should do it we get together Let's wait till six after something the deadline uh, we get together at six <laughs> something in the morning Jay. I think we just need to start calling people at random at during our Saturday podcast. In the morning? Just well, on it might Saturday be six morning. something in the morning, just to see who answers the phone <laughs> to razz their asses about being live on the show. Wake their asses up, you know. I, I think, think it could be fun. They will wake up in the morning for it, and if they know about it, and no, but put on what I'm saying, we don't tell them about it. We just well, call them. Out okay, there. we could have a segment for that. Okay, right. yeah. Maybe we should give them the chance for the shirt and the tie intro. Yeah, um, we'll think well, about this. Well, you know, next year we've got to ha- we've got to have video incorporated into this. You know, for those of you that are listening, our podcast is is uh, published to YouTube as well, so you can you can watch it on YouTube. But there's no video. You know, it's just our audio. So, um, but next year, I really feel like we we got to get we're we're gonna step up our game eventually. We've got to get video incorporated into this so you can see our beautiful faces but right. uh let's do and it and then our intro will be photographed by Def Leppard oh gosh yeah that uh, we'll you talk know about that photograph one. really explains my feelings about Tim Anderson this year because I'm like I don't want you I don't need you all I got is this fucking photograph <laughs> on my on my <laughs> roster no, I'm just kidding. You know what? I do need Tim Anderson, so that's not true. No. I just Again, need him. To, Jay, we we can I need have him a to whole provide the average show and just, based upon linking, and we texted about the based upon linking '80s power ballad or even '90s power ballad to 
our feelings for fantasy baseball league. And uh, all I'm saying, saying I cannot look past my division. I absolutely cannot. And kudos to you, Luke, for creating a scenario yeah. where I can't focus my 100% attention on our matchup coming up next week. But I will say, don't you worry. I've not forgotten about you. And if we want to go into a power ballot, I will label hearts alone to display my feelings for my matchup with you. Just give it a listen when you're all alone and and try not to cry, Luke. It's all about... Dare you to not cry. Listen to that song. All right. So on that note, it's the Fantasy Baseball Advocate signing off. Good luck to you. And be well.